need hope, broke world, we need hope, we out, need hope, need hope, need hope, look around, we need hope, broke world, we need hope, we out, need hope, but tell them it's all for the broken, 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 tell them it's all for the broken, yeah, it's all for the broken, yeah, it's all for the broken, yeah, it's all for the broken, boy, look around, we need hope, no question, welcome, 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 we're back. In front of you, live and in person. <laughs> hey, I'm. There you go. Yes. There you go. I am Pastor Benny L. Powell, Sr., Pastor of Greater Second Baptist Church here in Marion, Indiana, and I have with me my good friend, John Boyanowski. I'm pastor at Solid Rock uh, Church of Warren. You know, uh, when we sat down today, you know, we've gone over several topics. Okay, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? And John's the one that, that, you know, pretty much has his mindset on a lot of things. And I'm kind of fluid in, in what I'm thinking about and talking about. But what I'm really, really having on my heart, you know, this week I've been dealing with a lot of people that have had a hard, hard time accepting life. Yes. living in this world yes. you know uh whether it be grief or whether it be some type of denial whether it be uh some sense of complacency of not even belonging i don't know about you or, or guilt you well, know yeah, um, and guilt and so on, on this uh, uh episode of uh healing broken souls we just want to talk to you about how to be able to live in the here and now uh, that's a saying that my wife has helped me coined. Uh, she said, don't get stuck in your here and now. And I think that that's a really, really appropriate theme for right now. Yeah. So you listen to your wife. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's a smart person. That's, that's the number one rule. Listen to your spouse. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't care what nobody say. Happy wife, happy life. You know, it does work. Amen. You know, Amen. we've been married 38 years and, you know, and, and, you know, this is about the same thing. You know, this week she's going to go and she's going to take a bird and she's going to go to Jamaica. And she's That's gonna a be plane. Over. Yeah, a plane. A plane, Benny, don't do. Okay. We don't do no planes because if God wanted us up that high, he'd have gave us wings. And since I don't have any, I don't go up there no more. <laughs> so. Superman doesn't have wings. Hey, but he ain't from this planet either. <laughs> so. <laughs> so but getting back to what we see, we can really get off track real easy. Uh, me and John, sometimes it ain't good for both of us to be in the same room. But <laughs> it is a good thing he is my dear friend. Um, but what I wanted to talk about is living in the here and now. And, and I think that with so much that's going on in so many people's lives, I've seen so much hurt in different areas of people's lives. We had some young ladies on the podcast talking about uh, their father-daughter relationships. We had uh, even my son on talking about growing up with a father um, that was, wasn't was living right and then found himself into the church. So, We also talked about with a podcast that we just did with uh, widows and how they're going through a lot of struggles and everything. You and know, trying to live just the everyday life, yeah. the here and now. And, and if you haven't heard that one, be looking for it. Or if it has come out, listen to it. Because they really, really put forth a lot of things that even I hadn't thought about. Uh, about the loss of a loved one that you've been with for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, 50 years. 
So, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't give it enough thought. And, and even with that in itself, you know, we talked about how all widows are not people who are aged, but, you know, we have young women and, and who are losing their, their husbands at a very young age. And so, you know, we have all of that going on. How do they move forward, especially when they have children that are young and they're trying to raise their children and at the same time support them? You know, I think sometimes <clears throat> what we do, we put on airs uh, that we're doing fine and that everything's okay. We got the good job and, you know, we got the nice car. Our kids are all doing fine. They're doing all these sports. And and then when you start really, really pulling back the fabric on, on some families or every family, I would say, then you begin to see some things that aren't quite healthy. Uh, the daughter is not telling uh, of the trouble that they're feeling or the son is not expressing his emotions and you're pulling back these layers because you think you have healthy sons and daughters the husband is coming in and out of work saying hey baby how was your day and then that's far as it go the wife is like you know i want you to be a man mm -hmm. you know you know and uh just this last week i i lost a friend to suicide and we didn't know all the different things that were going on we just heard about it and you know it 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 shakes us to to know that there's people who like you said they wear the mask mm -hmm. you know i like to call it decompartmentalization and you know i've actually become a master of that mm -hmm. for myself because of being a pastor working in the mental health field and so um but we put ourselves our emotions in that compartment and if you've ever seen the movie lost in space uh there was a episode where dr smith who um was asked she was known as a psychiatrist on the show they they said how do you deal with everything that you go through hearing all the stories and everything and she said it best and and it, i think it somewhat talks about today's world she goes i take it and I decompartmentalize it, and I put it in this nice, tight little box, and I put it in there, and I lock it up, and then I forget about it. And I never open it. That's how I'm able to survive. You know, uh, as pastors, for those of us that still work in a, in a side vocation, like being in mental health, me being a therapist, you know, people often ask, how do you separate those two worlds? And for Christians, you know, I don't think it's any different. You know, people often feel that, um, that they're the same person nowhere, no matter where you go. But there's a thing called the Jahari window um, where it shows you four aspects of who you is. You, I know you've seen the Jahari yes. window. Yep. You know, you have your open and public view, and then you have your private view, and then you have that hidden or that mystery view, or, and then you have that unknown aspect. And so what we're trying to do is say oh, this person has to be one in all these different viewpoints, but people are not the same when they leave the home and then they get to their jobs. They're totally different from the person at home because now I'm at work. I got to be this worker or I got to be this professional or I got to be this teacher or I got to be this person over here and I got to have this mentality, this, this, this vocabulary, but it's not genuine to who they are at home. And it's even the same with us pastors. You know, we go to church every Sunday morning or we go to our weekly meetings and everything. 
and we're there in the public and we have to know that we're good with the spirit you know we put on that face that god is good and everything else but how often do we as pastors allow ourselves to be seen as real everyday people well you know that's one thing that i think everybody needs to to really 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 understand is that you should be the same person no matter where you go absolutely okay um Benny Powell is the same person in, in the church that he is at home, that he is in at the gas station, that that he is uh, uh, at the ballpark or wherever he may go. Every person should be genuine to themselves. But you have to know who what's your identity in, in you and in Christ and in every aspect. You know, I, I always try to get people to understand something that was taught to me many, many years ago. Get your emotions out of the way. Use your rational thinking. Use your spiritual mind. Use those things to um, peel the onion back to the core till you find out who am I really in all these areas. But but I'm, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to say I want us to embrace our emotions. And, and here's the reason why. If we don't share our emotions, if we don't acknowledge that we have these emotions, then we become lifeless. We become just like that little pumpkin that's sitting in front of us. Um, we have no emotion, and, and therefore nobody can really connect with us. But do everybody know how to handle their emotions? That's, that's the thing about it. Mm -hmm. if, it's okay to be attached to our emotions, but if we don't know how to handle them. But, but that's the point, and, and that's why I'm bringing it up. We should be modeling for people the appropriate way to use emotions. You know, the, the book of Ecclesiastes says, you know, there's a time and season for everything. Mm -hmm. A time to mourn, a time to live, you know, to cry, to laugh, and everything else in between. And so it's one of these things where um, we should know our emotions well enough to be able to say, this is where God needs to have it done. And I'm using myself as an example. Um, my brother had just passed away several weeks back, and I officiated his funeral. And so when I did that, you know, I even told my wife afterwards, I said, you know, with my mom, when she passed, my dad, when he passed, I didn't really shed any tears, you know. I, I knew that they were in a good place and everything else. But when it came to my brother passing... I really became emotional. Mm -hmm. And and as I did that, this is the first time that I ever spoke in front of all of my family. And that emotion was important to be there because it gave them permission to feel because we were brought up in a, a home where showing emotions is a sign of weakness. And, and to be able to share those emotions and to say, yeah, it's all right to cry or, or to feel sad or whatever, and, and to miss who you're going to miss. Yeah, I, I think you, you, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying when I said don't deal with the emotions. What I'm saying is we have to learn how to work our emotions, mm -hmm. okay? And 97% of a lot of people don't know how to handle their emotions. Look at the anger. Look at the depression. Look at the mental state that a lot of people go through and they're just responsive to it. Right, right. You know? And and a lot of times the emotions lie to us. Yeah, yeah. And so, but you've been working with your emotions for years. 
Yes, I have. Okay. And you've learned that you have to compartmentalize your emotions. At times, at times. But, you know, this is where I have you because you're my accountability brother, mm-hmm. my best friend. I have my wife, and, and she's my bestest of best friends. And, you know, through the two of you, I've been able to get to the point where I am today because you don't let go. No. You know, and th- this is one of the ways me and John work out our emotions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but, you know, I remember when you got into the accident. You know, um, John got into a car accident many years ago, and 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 I was mad. I was livid. Yeah, you told me you're going to kill me in the hospital. I said you're in a perfect place to die. You yep. know, <laughs> so <laughs> it's a long story. Yeah, but a lot of people are. Uh, if I'd have went in there responding mm-hmm. off of emotions like a lot of people do. You know, one of the things I teach people with anger management is that it's all a choice. Yeah. It's all a choice. And whether we're compartmentalizing it, whether we're putting it in a box or whatever the case is, a lot of people haven't learned how to deal with their emotions. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and using that example of, of you stepping in the hospital, you mm-hmm. knew that I needed to laugh. You knew that I, mm-hmm. I was in a hurt place mm-hmm. and that any sort of anything else would have done something worse off to me. Yeah. But the part that I, I don't think I've ever told you this, that from the job to the hospital, I cried. No, you never told me that. Yeah, yeah. I cried from, the, from when they came into their offices and said, and I talked to Marsha, and they said, she said, John got into an accident, got in the car, drove up to the hospital the whole period. I'm crying. Why'd you cry? Because I thought I lost my friend. You know, and, and, and you are an, intri- uh, an important part in my life, you know, and I thought that that was gone. And I thought I, I said, well, you know, if that's gone, then what do I got left? You know, I have Lynn and the kids, you know, but that one thing that helps me move through the world outside of everything, outside being a pastor, outside being a therapist, outside of being a father and et cetera, et cetera. But now it's gone. So now I'm crying in the car and I'm trying to say, all right, don't be terribly surprised if he's not alive. Don't be terribly surprised. I'm trying to gather myself. And then I thought of Josh. You prepared for the worst. Yeah, yeah. I did. I really did. And then I thought of Josh. I said, okay, you're going to see Josh. Josh is my son. Yeah. And you're going to see Leanne and you're going to see uh, um, April. April. I said, now, don't let them see you crying. Okay, so now here's another gathering of emotions because they never seen me cry. Mm -hmm. So, and I see Marsha and I, you know, hug Marsha, you know, and and we do our thing together because we're close. But Josh went in and he came out and said, Josh, now when you go in, don't don't let your dad see you crying. And he said, I'll try. I said, okay, good job. He come out. I said, how'd you do? He said, I did good. And now I'm going in and here comes the tears again. Mm-hmm. And so all of this is how do we move through the world when all of this is coming at us all at once? We got our emotions on one side. We got our thoughts on another side. We got unexpectancy. We got suddenness. All these things. I just spoke to a, a woman this week, and she was sharing with me about multiple losses in her life in various ways. And she was like, 
So when this happened first, I was devastated. And then this happened a short time afterwards. And then this happened. And then this happened. And I'm at the point where it's like, where am I? Where, what, what do I have left inside mm -hmm. of me? You know, when, when people look at you and say, how are you doing? And you say, oh, yeah, you know, like you're saying, put on the mask. Yeah, it's great. No, you're not. I could see right through it. Yeah, and, and a lot of people, you know, they, they come into our jobs, they come into, into the church, and they're, they're, they're putting on a masquerade. It's like a, a, a masquerade ball every Sunday almost with somebody, mm -hmm. you know, not wanting to be uh, genuine, okay? You know, I, I, I wish that the people could understand, like, the church should be like a hospital ER. It doesn't matter what their ailment is. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of them. They go there to get healed. Yeah. yeah. And, and we are missing that element to be able to say, I'm, I'm well enough to say that I'm hurting. I'm well enough to say that I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm, I'm well enough to say that I need help. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, for me, I built my ministry on helping people mend broken hearts um, because, yes, it's okay to say, yes, I'm angry. Yes, it's okay to say, mm -hmm. yes, I'm hurt. Yes, it's okay to say I'm mad, you yes. know, but let's talk through this, this issue. Uh, one thing I would encourage people to do is that you have people in your families, in your church, in your communities, don't bottle these emotions up. Some of you have generational uh, hurt and trauma. Some of you have uh, young adult uh, uh, issues. Some of you have male-female issues. Men don't tell their wives everything about their health. They need to tell somebody so somebody can know. Um, because sometimes men are just too private. Women have health issues as well that they don't want their husband worrying about. There are so many things that, that we have to deal with on a regular basis, and I think that now is the time for us to really start looking at how to help people be better in all these trials and circumstances. Absolutely, because just like I told you about my friend passing and committing suicide, we don't want to hear more stories of that. No, we don't, but sad to say we will. Yeah, and that's because people are not sharing. They're not saying that they desperately need help, that they're struggling. They're, they're not sharing their, their real thoughts and saying, I'm so hurt and broken, I don't know what to do next. Yeah. So, you know, even with that, you know, as we get ready to uh, sign this thing off, you know, this has been a, a, a powerful thing, a uh, conversation that we've had, and we're going to continue it. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, how do you deal with everyday life and everyday occurrences? One thing is to really, really look at your situation and get unhooked from the negative emotions. Get unhooked from the negative emotions and move uh, away from them to where as you can say, okay, my negative emotions were leading me over here, but now these healthy emotions can lead me into at least some semblance of peace. You know, and, and I think to add along with that, we need to have somebody that is close, who is a friend. I'm not talking about Facebook or other social media platforms where you laundry out all your stuff and how many clicks tell you whether it was good or not. 
I'm talking about like what we share, mm -hmm. you know, having somebody come up and say to me, you know, Johnny, when you get, you know, get healthy, I'm going to kill you type thing. Now, that's <laughs> the important piece. You know, you got to have somebody in your life that ain't scared of you. Yeah, okay? exactly. Or scared of your responses or, or whatever the case is that will be willing and able to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, at the same time, at the same time, please remember this, um, that no matter what. Be genuine to yourself. Be 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 genuine to to the things you're feeling, and and be able to talk to somebody. And and don't use a bunch of BS around because, you know, um, you want real real responses. So I know that I can go up to Benny and talk to you about real things, and you're not going to, you know, give me some sad story or whatever. You're going to tell it like it is. You don't have to know everything. No. You know, you don't have to know everything to be able to help somebody. All right. So we're going to sign it off here. We'll continue this at another time. Uh, this is uh, uh, Benny and John from Healing Broken Souls. Remember to like and subscribe to our podcast and YouTube. All right. God bless you. God be with you. Talk to you later. Blessings. Yeah. Boy, look around, we need hope. No question about it. Can't get around the whole world around us.